We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you ever thought, I have some money, but I want to turn it into more money? Well, one of the ways you could do that is through gambling. But gambling is legal in some states. It's a little dodgy. But online gambling is completely legit, and that is where our sponsor, Booster.com, comes in. B-U-S-R.com slash guilty. They are the official betting partner of the Guilty is Charged podcast, where we'll be having a lot of Chargers-themed bets. Uh, And they want to give you some cash to bet on the Chargers or anybody you want to bet on, whether it's a preseason game or the Super Bowl. They are here for you. So you can use code NFL100FP. Again, that's NFL100FP at BUSR.com slash guilty. And they will match 100% of your first deposit. If you put down $100, they'll put down $100. And suddenly you have $200 to bet on, I don't know, Larry Roundtree prop bets. Anyway, you can go to Booster.com slash guilty. Thanks to them for being the official sports book, and they want to make you money just as I want to see you get money. So go to booster.com slash guilty and use code NFL100FP. Hello, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast live stream. We're here to talk about the uh, very unsurprising and uneventful cuts of the day. Uh, but in all seriousness, <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into everything. Uh, of course, as you can see, we'll talk about Tyron Johnson uh, and all the other stuff. But first and foremost, have to give a shout out to our sponsors. Of course, we have Blue Wire Network, who we are proud to be a part of. Then we have Busser Sportsbook, who is the official sportsbook of the Guilty as Charged podcast, Manscaped as well, and of course the recent one, uh, Backroom Collection. So he's got some fun stuff cooking up for the season as well, so make sure and support all of them. Uh, the links are in our description. So that being said, Tyler and Alex are here. Alex, we'll start with you. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing good today. And so, you know, for months on Twitter, I just saw, oh my God, Brandon Staley, his smile is so good during the press conferences. <laughs> and then he gets Tyron Johnson and you all go crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how I'm doing today. I just thought Twitter was funny. It was, it was, today's one of those days where you just like, don't put your phone down. And then of course the Chargers <laughs> wait until like one fifteen or whatever it was. Yeah. To freaking announce the cuts. And I'm just sitting there, refresh, 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 refresh. Um, but it was a fun day for sure. Um, Tyler, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. That was still a fun morning. I got absolutely no work done. All I was <laughs> yeah. doing, like you said, was just refresh, 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 only to be somewhat disappointed. But at least the morning was surprising. There were some interesting things that happened. So that makes for fun conversation, which is, hey, that's good for us. So, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I started my new job this week. So luckily today was not like a super busy day for me. You know, I had a couple meetings here and there. uh, But for the most part, I was able to sit on my phone and refresh Twitter. And then there was that one. uh, I had one meeting like right when Michael Badgley was cut. And that was about Mm -hmm. it. So I messaged Tyler Knox. I was like, hey, you guys handle the podcast account. And then that was the only thing that I missed. So So um, you missed it just like Badgley. I did miss it just like Badgley, yes. 
Um, I guess, you know, we'll talk about the kicker battle down the road. Um, so I'm sure everybody watching this, obviously seeing all of the roster, but just wanted to mention them really quickly. Um, yesterday morning, the Chargers announced that they cut Dev, uh, Devin Bellamy, Nate Evans, Darius Harper, John Hurst, Jesse Lemonier, KJ Sales, Matt Sokol, Don Devon, Lee Yarberry, Cole Mazza, and Tyree St. Louis. And then, of course, today uh, they announced they cut Michael Badgley, Michael Bandy, Darius Bradwell, John Brannon, Cortez Broughton, Cole Christiansen, Ben DeLuca, Emeka Egbele, Braden Fajoko, Joe Gaziano, Nate Gilliam, Ryan Hunter, Tyron Johnson, Hunter Campmoyer, Jason Moore, and Joe Reed. So the Chargers 53-man roster is set. Um, let's talk about Tyron Johnson. I think that is the biggest one that everybody is really talking about. Um, before we talk about kind of both sides, I will say there was a lot of like, I can't believe they kept Tyron Johnson and Trey Pipkins. It's like, well, that's not really how the roster construction works. You know, if they were going to keep Tyron, if they were going to keep Tyron Johnson, you know, they would have had to cut like a tight end or a running back or something else like that. Um, you know, you don't cut a skill player because you're keeping an offensive lineman. It, it doesn't really work like that. So, um, Alex, let's get your initial reaction here to cutting Tyron Johnson um, and whether or not, you know, what kind of ramifications you see from cutting Tyron Johnson. Uh, so just to go through the five receivers really quick, it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, uh, Guyton, and KJ Hill. The last? KJ Hill. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my initial reaction was surprised. Uh, I, I did not think that they were going to do it, but then I thought back to the post game 49ers pod that we did. And we sure. noted like, Hey, this was kind of a stock down moment. I mean, he was playing deep into the third and fourth quarter, catching weird screen passes. And of course um, I actually missed the Daniel Popper piece, uh, but he had mentioned that he'd gotten into a fight with some 49ers DB and that, Pistale off, I guess, and that you know, kind of event happened during the 49ers scrimmages. Um, so I, I mean, I'm going to be on the record. I, I don't like cut, um, and just in terms of, I think Tyron Johnson, at minimum, is the fourth best receiver on this roster. Um, you know, well, not on the roster anymore. Uh, but when you consider sure. these guys uh, coming into the season, I, I thought that he was honestly better than Jalen Guyton. And would put Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer ahead of him, but that's about it. Um, I see why they did go with Guyton because he's their speed burner guy, and maybe it's redundant because you don't need two of them. But I've always thought Tyron Johnson is the more skilled one, especially when you consider Jalen Guyton's drop problem, which we don't know is fixed. Um, so that was sort of my initial reaction to it. Um, I'm not surprised, I guess, in the end of the day that they did that because there was that blow up against the Niners, and we had sort of started to see. Tyron Johnson's role reduced throughout training camp from that first week when it was, you know, he was kind of the king of the world, um, was going to be wide receiver three to, you know, where he is now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether he's going to clear waivers. I kind of doubt it because he had 400 yards last year. So that to me doesn't strip, seem like a guy who's going to make it through waivers, but if he does, I guess they could put him on the practice squad. But um, yeah, so my initial reaction was, you know, to be shocked, then not shocked, and just kind of be disappointed. Um, you know, now, as far as waiting for, like, you know, Kareem C says to wait for a real explanation. Um, I mean, I feel like we kind of have the explanation. The explanation was that, uh, I mean, Brandon Staley didn't like his antics, and he's gone. <laughs> I mean, that, that seems like the sure. explanation, at least to this point. Um, and also, he's an undrafted guy. Tom Telesco didn't put any capital into him. And so therefore he was easier to cut. Um, so that's where I think we're at right now in terms of the Tyron Johnson cut. Uh, I don't like the decision. I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, but I feel like everybody trying to say that Tyron Johnson wasn't super coachable and stuff like that. I feel like that's stuff that people are saying to kind of defend Brandon yeah. Staley today. Um and also, in terms of uh, Tyron not lining up in the right spots and doing all of that, who were we saying that about one month ago? We were saying that about Joe Reed, and he was in a walking boot and nothing happened. You know, yeah. so, like, the, the fact that Tyron Johnson couldn't do that and had 400 yards last year, like, I can't get down with this cut. I get why they did it, but I don't support it. Well, and the lining up wrong, like, KJ Hill did that several times in practice. Exactly. 
Like, yeah. so I understand what Daniel Popper is saying and, you know, yeah. that could have been an issue, but I mean, Tyron Johnson was far from the only receiver to make those kind of mistakes. And so I, I, I don't support it. I don't understand the rationale. I don't think you build a football team by cutting good players. And uh, like, I understand some people trying to justify it, right? Like, you know, you have the four tight ends or you have Kelly or you have stick or whatever. But one of the things that we talked about specifically for a guy like Eamon Ogbonglamiga or Cortez Brown, who we'll get to, is that you have to earn your spot on the roster. And that really is my biggest thing with the two quarterbacks at this point. You know, I, you know, look at a, a team like the Rams who's keeping Bryce Perkins or a team like the Falcons who's now keeping Josh Rosen. It's like, well, those quarterbacks earned a spot on the team. You know, I, I don't really feel like Chase Daniel or Easton Stick really did enough to be like, okay, their spot is guaranteed. I felt, I still feel like it should be one or the other. And I feel like you should have kept Tyron Johnson. And so I am a little worried about the lack of speed. I think, you know, we've, we've talked about Donald Parham and Jared Cook, you know, being, you know, different kind of fast from a different position, but still, I, I think you need more than one speedster. And I know that Palmer isn't like, slow and Keenan Allen's not slow and Mike Williams is not slow, but you need more than one burner in the NFL these days. Like you need other players to stretch the field. And then if Jalen Guyton misses time, then you have no speed on the outside. So that's really my biggest thing in terms of the roster construction. I just, I can't justify this cut, man. I, I really can't. I would like a little bit more explanation from the coaching staff. I'm not going to freak out on them about it, but you know, oh yeah, it's been a very interesting change of pace, thought, direction for, I mean, I'll just say Twitter or some of the comments where suddenly Tyron Johnson, who everyone was pushing for wide receiver three, if not next year's wide receiver two, you know, just a month or two ago, and now he's uncoachable, he's a problem, he doesn't line up in the right spots. I mean, maybe those things are all true. I just yeah. feel like a lot of people are doing a 180 today based right. on the information to justify the cut and. I don't like the cut. You know, if you feel like Johnson needs to be cut because you believe he's going to cost you games because of maybe poor football play, because of penalties, or because he doesn't know what he's doing, even if he isn't a starter, that's, I guess, somewhat understandable. But then you also have Trey Pipkins and Joshua Kelly on your roster. Are they yeah. not depth players that are also, you know, on-field liabilities if they get on the field? Or, you know, if you're, if you're keeping Kelly and Pipkins because of injury concerns in front of them, are you saying you're not worried about Mike Williams in front of Johnson? So the level of explosion in your roster drops significantly because you're going from one of the best deep and intermediate threats on the team in Johnson. Yeah. And then if he gets, you know, if Guyton gets hurt, you're dropping to what KJ Hill, you know, the goal. And the, the odd thing is the goal of this offense truly in the whole off season was to ask and figure out what Justin Herbert does well and build around that. And he has a cannon of an arm and a natural connection with Johnson. So and in this offense, unless you have both route running and some physical traits like Josh Ford Palmer, where Hill doesn't have both of those things, this receiving core needs to be explosive. And they just took away one of Herbert's favorite weapons. So last year, Johnson had no drops last year on 26 targets, number one wide receiver on the team in yards per route run and drop percentage. And Herbert's passer rating when targeting Johnson was 56 points higher than the next best receiver on the roster. Then you have KJ Hill, which I get why he sticks on the team. They're not necessarily keeping him because they think he's a better receiver than Johnson. But then you look at the special team stuff. So KJ Hill must last on the team in punt return average this preseason and behind Joe Reed in kickoff return average. But of course, that job's going to Adderley and, and Roundtree and, and some combination. But sure. he's only a slot guy. He only played 82% of his snaps in the slot. He is dead last in yards, route per, yards per route run this preseason and has the worst passer rating when a quarterback has targeted him this preseason by 55 points, his passer rating yes. when, when quarterbacks target him is 12 and he has generated one first down <laughs> and that, but that's the absurdity of keeping you know, uh, KJ Hill, which I, I mean, again, keeping him is okay, but then also letting Tyron Johnson go while yeah. keeping him is absurd to me. I don't understand it again. Maybe there's a bigger explanation. I'm not saying this is the same thing at all. But I remember when they didn't bring back Darius Phylon, we're like, why? Why would you let him go? And then you find out like in a week that he has some legal issues. I'm not sure. saying the same thing for Johnson, but I'm just saying there is possibility there's something we don't know. 
But for right now, based on what we know, this is a shocker and a surprise and to me, a disappointment. I was well, like, I, I just want to jump in real quick and say uh, to Tyler's like depth point, right? We were kind of all expecting them to keep six. And now they keep five sure. with Mike Williams, uh, who has been in and out of games uh, and Keenan Allen, who's been hurt. Right. So, you know, to me, not just cutting Tyron Johnson, but deciding to only keep five receivers uh, is kind of, you know, uh, a stunner. Yeah, I, 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 I can't justify it in any way, man. It doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like this is kind of the like equivalent of the Lakers choosing to keep Russell Westbrook instead of trading for Buddy Heald. Like <laughs> in the NFL, like you need speed to open things up. Like you have Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer who are going to feast over the middle, but you need people to take the top off to take attention away from them. You know, it's the equivalent in the in the NBA of like not having enough shooters. Like you need that spacing. So I don't know. I don't get it. I, I've seen some people say like to Tyler's point, you know, there, there has to be something going on. Like he must be a bad team. Like we don't know any of that until we hear about it from someone, until we hear about it from the team. Do not jump to conclusions. Everything that we've heard about Tyron Johnson has been that he's been a great teammate to everybody on the team. Yeah. So. We do not know, so I would invite everybody to not really speculate. And mm-hmm. of course, they could certainly make some some moves to you know replace a KJ Hill or add someone down the road. Like the Bears cutting Daz Newsom today, like is ridiculous. If the Chargers could pounce on that, I would be thrilled. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't know, man. I, I just don't get it. And some people are like, well, maybe he'll get on the practice squad. And again, I say speed is everything at the wide receiver position, specifically at the depth. Like there are so many teams that could use a Tyron Johnson. So oh, yeah. I, do, I do not expect to see Tyron Johnson back on this team in any capacity. And if if supposedly the reason they cut him is the reason that they cut him based on sort of what we know, why would they bring him on the practice squad? Like I don't think he's yeah. going to cut him for character concerns and then bring him back. It's not like they traded Desmond King and then re-signed him this offseason. You know, they let him go and he's gone. So yeah. if that's the reason that they let him go, he's not coming back. That's it. Yeah, so that um, is definitely something to monitor. Um, let us know, guys. If, again, you know, we're here to uh, answer some questions as well. So if you do we're have here questions, to you. <laughs> I mean, Tyler's mom is a therapist. I'm a school counselor. Like between the two of us, we could probably you know work it out. You can't afford um, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the defensive tackle group because I think it definitely surprised us that they chose Forrest Merrill over Cortez Broughton and Braden Fajoko. Um, you know, shout out to Forrest. Like, that's a super cool story. I'm excited to see how it pans out, and I hope it does. Um, but I have to say, I was pretty surprised that they did choose to cut Cortez Brown and Braden Falk. I thought that one of them really kind of earned their way onto the team. But Forrest Merrill was great this preseason. He, he, he is a run-stuffing nose tackle. Um, and so we've kind of been a little concerned, like, what happens if Lamont Joseph uh, misses some games and, well, Christian Covington could play nose tackle. But now you have your for sure nose tackle depth behind Linvot Joseph in Forrest Merrill. So Tyler, we'll start with you. Uh, what'd you make of that decision and the decision to cut Cortez Brown and Braden Fajoko? You know, at least unlike a lot of the offensive players who got positions or got jobs that they really didn't deserve, like Forrest Merrill did deserve this. Now, do I think sure. he's better than the other two options that they let go or three, I guess? Maybe, maybe not, but I do think he deserved it at least. And, you know, to the point of him being the primary backup to Linval Joseph. He did play the most A-gap snaps with 28, the next closest to Fajoko with 23. So pretty close, but they did give him the most uh, run at that spot. Um, but the odd, I guess the odd thing is in terms of total snaps, he played less snaps than the three other, the big three defensive tackles that they cut. And then he was fourth of the four in pressures. And then he was tied for third in, in run stops. Then he was behind Fajoko in both categories. And granted, it wasn't a lot. It was like four versus three, five versus four. Sure. But to me, like they were pretty equal. And so if one guy is slightly better and he's the veteran, it was surprising that they still went with Merrill over Fajoko. And again, you know, maybe they just, you know, maybe just Staley just really wants his guys, guys that were not part of the previous regime, which again is, is, is counterpointed by Joshua Kelly and Easton stick and Trey Pipkins. But um, you know, Hey, good for him. The, the surprise one was definitely Cortez Browden. I don't understand, <laughs> Craig. I just <laughs> gosh dang it, Craig. 
Uh, Cortez Broughton not making it is interesting because he does hold yeah. that draft pick status, even though it was a what, seventh round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He was, I think, statistically and pretty easily the best defensive tackle of the preseason and during the offseason and training camp outside of the three main starters. It seemed like Broughton was the most productive and getting the most like run with either the first team or early on with the second team. So that was definitely a surprise. And, you know, look, I get that they think that they need, and they do, they did, they did need another nose tackle behind uh, Linval Joseph. It's just surprising that they would also let go a really, really disruptive player who, you know, again, it's just the preseason off season, but it seems like Cortez Broughton is finally living up to his draft building. You've been developing him for years and he's looking really good. And then you cut him. So I was like, yeah. what was the point? Like <laughs> he was inactive a lot last season. So you would, I mean, why did you keep him around? I don't know. I think Brown deserved to stay on the roster. We can talk about the players that don't deserve it on the offensive side. But uh, yeah, real surprise that Brown was let go. Not a huge surprise that Merrill made it over Fajoko, although Fajoko was statistically superior. But, you know, I'm happy for Forrest Merrill no matter what. I'm happy for Forrest Merrill. Uh, I think that he's a great person. He's a great run stuffer. <laughs> Um, this is a bad decision. I mean, I just can't get behind it. Look, Cortez Broughton played his ass off this preseason. He's been in the system. I mean, really for what this is going into his third season. Um, and I thought he really showed a leap this preseason, um, in, in terms of what he could do as a pass rusher, in terms of what he could do, uh, as also a run defender. Right. Um, you know, even Braden Fajoko, who I think has been in the system for a year, and started to show some improvement, you know, this preseason has that experience in playing in, uh, he played in two games last year, right? The Buffalo and the New England one. Um, so I just, I get the Merrill thing, but, you know, he doesn't provide any value as a pass rusher, which I think is important, right? Like he's going to be a good run stuffer like that. I have no doubt about, um, but I do think they need a little bit more juice there. Like, okay, you got Joey Bosa and you have Uchenna and Wilson and Kyler Fackrell, and they're going to be relying on their edge guys. But in terms of their, uh, you know, interior guys that can create consistent pass rush pressure, it's, you know, Justin Jones isn't quite that yet. Linval Joseph can do it a little bit. He had 20 pressures last year. Jerry Tillery is not really like consistent at doing it. Uh, and Covington and Merrill are just sort of, you know, uh, kind of the rotational big body guys. I think Covington can create some pressure with the guys he's around. But Merrill over Broughton and Fajoko is is perplexing to me. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't really get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting one, I think, from a run stuffing standpoint, sure. And as Arjun points out. You know, you, don't, you probably are not going to see Linbaugh or Forrest Merrill on third downs very much. Yeah, no, I don't, um, I don't And that's that's totally, you know, fair. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think Covington as a run-stuffing defensive tackle is plenty as the backup because theoretically you have Linbaugh and Justin Jones. So between the three of them, like, I, I totally get that. And then, so basically your one pass rushing defensive tackle is Jerry Tillery, who needs to be more consistent for sure. So I, I just personally would have cut Cortez Brown, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, to Tyler's point, it is interesting that, like, uh, and, you know, Daniel Popper pointed this out, too. There's 21 players on the 53 that were not on this roster last year. And so it, it is kind of interesting that, like, some players from the previous regime were cut and then others from the previous regime who were bad were kept. Like, to me, like, if you're going to cut some players from the previous regime, you cut the bad ones. Like, you cut the Joshua Kellys, you cut the Trey Pipkins, and then you keep a Cortez Brown who's playing well. So, it's just an interesting dynamic there. Um, You know, some people are are mentioning, like, you have Tom Telesco making decisions and, um, you know, Brandon Staley. But at the end of the day, like, whoever is on the roster is a collaborative experience between Staley and Telesco. Like, it is... I, I don't believe, you know, that there's meddling going on. I believe that Brandon Staley has, uh, you know, final say in whoever was on the roster. And we saw that with the coaching staff, right? Like everybody kind of assumed that like this front office would kind of force coaches on Brandon Staley. And the only one who stayed is the defensive tackle coach, uh, uh, Giff Smith. So I, I don't buy that there was meddling going on. I, I think Brandon Staley had a say in every single decision. Um, it just is an interesting dynamic that like, certain players from the previous regime were cut and like, that's why they were cut. And then other players who were bad were not cut. 
Well, and, and I think that's where Telesco comes in. I mean, because the reason Joshua Kelly's still here is because he was drafted in the fourth round. I mean, the reason that Trey Pipkins sure. was here is that he was drafted in the third round, right? Like, I'm not saying that's the only reason they're here, but the reason that I, I believe Telesco views yeah, Tyron Johnson as more cuttable and, you know, some of these other guys as more cuttable, uh, including a Cortez Broughton and all those guys is because they were lower round picks, right? Fahoko was uh, undrafted, Tyron's undrafted, Cortez was a seventh round pick two years ago, right? So uh, I, I guess I would just say I don't think it's a meritocracy. And I think in terms of uh, where these players uh, were kind of at coming into this offseason, it's just, um, you know, a little bit befuddling to, you know, see. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit befuddling just to see, you know, the favoritism towards the Tom Telesco draft picks versus the guys, you know, he didn't put as much care into. I mean, I, I believe that's absolutely what happened. Um, now the Tyron Johnson fight in practice that you know, complicates things. But, you know, to me, um, I think Joshua Kelly and Trey Pipkins and all those guys still being on this roster is because of where they were picked. And I think that's essentially it. It's it, the depth is just so disappointing because, I mean, what would the Seattle game have looked like if, I don't know, Tyron Johnson wasn't on that field, for example? That game was ugly to watch. But at least <laughs> yeah, Tyron Johnson was doing OK. And I, yeah. I watched that that team and at least the last two games against the Niners and the, and the Seahawks. I thought, man, like. You know, if all the starters are healthy, maybe they could contend for a Super Bowl, but you need depth. And most of these guys you're seeing right now are going to play and they're getting whooped by the Seahawks right now. And then they let go of their best depth players. Like It's just not, I mean, not all of them, but most of them. And I don't know. It's, it's really confusing to me. Some people are talking about <laughs> a lot of different things. That This is the initial 53. They, you know, this will not be the roster we go into game one with. We are signing and releasing players. Like, I really think they're kind of stuck with who they got. And that's outside of punt returner. I feel like this is kind of it, right? I mean, who else? Are they Are they really going to add anybody at this point? I mean, they could add waiver guys. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the roster last year, right? I think they actually cut Gabe Neighbors last year. Uh, and then he got mm -hmm. promoted, like, weirdly, because yeah. they actually cut both fullbacks. So, I mean, you can look at spots on the roster of guys that might be different by week one, or obviously Tyron Johnson, Rest in peace, King, was not on the initial roster and then comes in in October. Um, so, you know, I think there's instances like that where guys yeah. will come up on the practice squad or guys will get plucked off of other practice squads. Um, I'm sure whenever the practice squad comes out, we'll talk about it. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I, I do agree that this is the initial roster, but they made mistakes on the initial roster. <laughs> well, like, okay, so yeah. I, practice squad is practice squad. That's a whole different story. I'm just talking about, like, the 53. So... I mean, who would they add? Like, okay, so to me, you cut Tyron Johnson because you needed to keep three quarterbacks, right? Let's say that Tyron Johnson was the cut you had to make to keep Easton Stick on the roster. So who do you add then? Who who's get, who gets knocked off? I feel like Joshua Kelly had to stick on the roster because they felt that way. But Trey Pipkins had to stick on the roster because they felt that way. Who do you get rid of? Are you trading someone out for Kelly? I mean, did you get rid of Braden Fajoko just to keep Kelly, just to get rid of Kelly to get somebody else? You know, why not just keep Cortez Browden? Why did you keep Easton Stick if you're just going to get rid of him? I don't know. It, it doesn't really add up to me. I just don't think that there's going to be any significant additions at this point outside of the practice squad. No, I think like we might see like a minor change here and there before the first game, and, and like that's that's fine. Like I think we could yeah. see them move on from KJ Hill. I think that is that is a possibility mm -hmm. um, because like it's so weird. The KJ Hill thing is so weird because we haven't really heard like anything in terms of like buzz or positive feedback. And then it's like, oh, he's our fifth receiver and only punt returner. So that could be something I like. I would absolutely love for them to go get Tyrell Crosby, the offensive tackle from the Lions. Um, obviously has several connections on the Chargers. Uh, played at Oregon with Justin Herbert. Played on the Lions with Ode Abushi and Chase Daniel. So mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. In that instance, you cut Trey Pipkins and you sign Tyrell Crosby. Um, but that's not really something that I think happens. I think if there is a move before the first game, it probably is that receiver to try and fill, you know, some speed void and permit turn void. Um, but that really is the only change that I personally could see out, um, before the first game. Yep. But the rest is, it's all going to depend on injuries. Like I think, you know, right now we're assuming that Justin Jackson is healthy, but what if he's not, what if he goes on injury reserve in the next couple of days? 
then they have to add someone there. So that's why you keep Joshua Kelly instead of somebody else. And we have to talk about Ryan Smith too, because Ryan Smith is mm-hmm. not on the initial 53. Uh, Daniel Popper seemed to think that uh, he's he's making his way back from being on the COVID list. Uh, I don't know. Brandon said he's talking right now to the media, so I don't know if there's been an update on his core injury. Um, mm. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's he's still injured or not, but he is still on the COVID list. So uh, if he comes back in the next couple of days, then they have to cut somebody else, which I think we kind of all agree is going to be uh, Kimon Hall, Hall or, or Tavon Campbell, but it's probably going to be Hall. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley on keeping Trey Pipkins. He has to improve, but he gives up. He gives us depth at that position that we need. So what we expected. Thank you, Brandon. That. Very cool. Wow, very cool. <laughs> That's your thing today, Alex. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. um, um, all right, let's talk about some players that were happy about making the roster because I feel like we we need to you know, spread some positivity <laughs> right, a little fine. bit today. Um, I'm really excited for Amen Ogbongwimiga. I had him making the roster, and so part of it, of course, is me, you know, predicting something that came true, which was like the only real thing that I predicted that came true. But um, I'm excited for him. I, I think he brings value to this team. I think he's somebody that can kind of be Murray's, you know, depth piece, if you will, as a linebacker who can really shoot the gaps, make some plays as a run defender. And uh, Brandon Staley mentioned that he has been a big fan of his communication. He's been a big fan of what he's done on special teams. So I, I think Ogmong Wimiga and, and that selection should be celebrated more than it is right now. I understand all the Tyron Johnson stuff is kind of dominating the headlines, but uh, I'm really excited about Amen Ogmong Wimiga. I think he brings some good value to this team uh, and, of course, keeps the uh, undrafted free agent streak alive along with uh, Forrest Merrill. So I'm really excited about Amen and his uh, future on the team for sure. It was definitely nice to see him make the team. And yeah, again, keeping that streak alive is awesome. It really seems like based on not the Ogbong Bamiga is unimportant, but okay. So like someone like Ogbong Bamiga and Kimon Hall in terms of the defense, I don't think they would have had a bigger role than someone like Fahoko or Broughton. I think they potentially could have been inactive most days, but I do think that they believe that Ogbong Bamiga and Hall are more important on special teams and that's yeah. some of the ways that I can justify some of the cuts that they made. I guess like cutting Tyron Johnson because Tyron Johnson doesn't really contribute on special teams. Um, but good for Ogbang Bamiga. And, you know, people are going to have to learn how to say his name. <laughs> and, you know, I've done pretty good so far. I think we're only two or three misses so far in this entire podcast. Uh, but good for him. Like you said, a primary backup to Kenneth Murray, which means, of course, Nick Neiman would be more your Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White kind of backup. I don't exactly know. Obviously, during the scrimmage, Ogbong Bamiga came in first before Neiman came in when Murray got hurt. I'm curious if that was still hold in the regular season. Um, I'm just a little surprised that they went ahead and kept Ogbong Bamiga, who must have had a much better training camp than we all saw because he didn't get a ton to see in the I mean, we didn't get to see him a ton in the preseason. And even in that first game, while he made some plays, there were some rough coverage issue things as well. Sure. Um, but either way, good for him. I'm glad he made the roster. And you know, I, I guess if you're looking at guys who you know, what guy, if he went to waivers, would be picked up the quickest? I think he's one of them. So I understand why that they that, why they kept him. And, you know, good for them. Good for Ogbong Bamiga. Good for Hall. Good for all these guys. I'm really pleased that Easton and Stick made the roster. <laughs> <laughs> the positivity only lasted like five minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy Michael Badgley's not here anymore. I mean, there I we guess go. we should talk about that. There we go. Yeah, you know, that's another one along with the quarterbacks. I didn't really feel like Viscano or... Are we saying Viscaino now because that's what Gilbert Manzano said on CBS? Wait till what Romo says and then we'll just go with that. There we go. All right. (laughs) Viscaino. Viscaino. I mean, that's how you would say in Spanish. I just don't know if he's, you know, Hispanic or not. Um, (laughs) He's Irish or something. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really feel like either kicker really won. It, it felt like they were pretty even kicking balls. It, it was just that, you know, Vizcaino was the better kickoff man, which I guess that's a reason to keep your kicker, but I don't know, man, it, it's tough. Of course, you know, the chargers have options and this could be something that they address this week, bringing some tryouts for, you know, a Joey Sly, a Nick Folk who were recently, uh, cut and that kicker in, uh, Baltimore who, um, you know, lost to Justin Tucker. So if the Chargers want to address this position now, like they have some options, but uh, Tristan Viscaino for now is the uh, Chargers kicker. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it was the right decision between those, these two guys. I don't think anybody enthusiastically won the kicking competition, but Viscaino was the better kicker throughout camp. Did miss that 47-yarder, uh, unfortunately, in the Seattle game. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like this was coming when they put Viscaino uh, first in the Seattle game and then, you know, on the depth chart, did not have Badgley taking any kickoff duties. So nothing in that department had changed. I mean, you Swinton's comments before. Um, so to me, it was pretty obvious that Viscaino was going to be the kicker. Now, I don't think it stops them from eventually bringing in a Joey Sly or a Nick Folk or somebody like that. Sure. Um, you know, but I think that'll come after, if this guy no misses a kick, then, you know, maybe you get some other tryout guys in. Um, I think that's still a possibility down the road just because nobody enthusiastically won this competition and somebody could always, you know, uh, you could always miss kicks during the game. Now, obviously we hope that doesn't happen. I hope this guy knows is the kicker t- till the end of the season uh and he makes sure. all his kicks um yeah. that'd be great maybe me and tyler should do another pf changs bet now that uh, michael badgley's <laughs> gone um but you know i i do want to see this guy know succeed i mean because his success is ultimately the team's success yeah. and all that it's such yeah. a important position so um i hope it works out uh, i think it was the right decision over badgley but kind of a tbd yeah it was the right decision and even if you could say that badgley goes out maybe makes three more kicks than Vizcaino or is 5% better than Vizcaino, Vizcaino, sorry. You know, just being able to hold off guys on kickoff returns and allow your your defense to start in a good spot or not allow returners to get to the 40. I think even if Badgley makes three more field goals, you know, and gets nine more points in Vizcaino, then, you know, I'd rather keep Vizcaino. Oh, my God. I'd rather keep Vizcaino because he can at least you know help your defense out a little bit. I'm, I'm curious how many points teams were able to score because they started at the 40 or the 45. I believe it's like during most of the season last year with punt returns and kick returns. Obviously, he doesn't do punts. But with punt and kick returns, I believe the average starting position for uh, the opposition was like the 30 or 35 or something like that. And so just being able to keep guys you know at the 20 or at, at most the 25 just because it's a touchback, I think that's kind of like a hidden win, I guess. But then also, you know, at the end of the day, I hope they go for it more often. I think they're going to go for it more often. And you just need the guy for the 55-plus yarders. And Badgley can't do that. And at least this guy, you know, gives you some sort of shot. So I think they made the right choice here. But I'm not super enthused. Mike, I guess I'm I'm wondering how long a fans would be, be the coaching staff. I wonder how long they're going to let him be bad, potentially. Like, I don't know yeah. if Telesco is quick to pull the trigger here. Do you trade? Do you cut? You know, we talk about like young, young Hui Ku, who went through what three, four games, and then they just like cut him, even though the last game that he played, he was technically perfect. So I don't really understand what happened there. But you know, how long do you let these guys go for? Because a, you've seen Ku go off and have an amazing career after after cutting him so quickly, and then b, they cut some other kickers before very quickly or punters very quickly, and they never really figured things out during the season, and they're just being as bad or worse. So. I'm really curious how long they're going to let this guy go for. And if Batchley doesn't, you know, you know, get picked up by another team, and he probably won't unless the Lions pick him up. Uh, I'm curious if they give him a call. <laughs> Yeah, I, just wanted, I, I just wanted to respond really quick to the whole like, oh, Badgley's going to become the next coup or the next Lambo. I'm like, he can't kick to the five yard line. We asked him to do one thing, and he cannot do that. <laughs> Touch Now, he does have the 59-yard field goal, but he's been 16 of 28 for two years. He's barely a 57% kicker from 40 yards out. Please stop with this. He's going to become the next Justin Tucker because he's not going to, and he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a real difference between his skill set translating to another team versus Koo or Lambo because, like, you know, when you're a kicker, like, you, if you have a strong leg, you know, you can work on accuracy issues, but – you can't teach somebody to have a stronger leg like Michael Badgley. So I'm not too worried. I, I hate those conversations anyway. Like once they're off the charters, they're off the charters to me. So I, I don't really care anymore. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of this guy, you know, I think he does get a longer leash. I think he is somebody who uh, has that ability to kind of make an impact. But um, it's definitely TBD. Did you have something else? Uh, yeah, clarification on Ryan Smith. Uh, uh, Gilbert Manzano just tweeted that in his press conference, Brandon Staley said he's a possibility to go on short-term uh, IR. For yeah, the sorry, is it Smith? 
or Brian Smith. Brian Smith, yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. I mean, we we kind of assumed that was going to be the case uh, a few weeks ago because he, he hasn't practiced since like the first weekend of training camp. No. So, you know, he's also got to work into shape. Like all of these practices and scrimmages and preseason games have happened and he hasn't played. So putting him on injured reserve, letting him work back into shape makes total sense. Um, you know, the, the injured reserve rules are just like last year. So he could theoretically come back in week four for the Raiders game after he works himself back into shape a little bit. Um, so he has to miss at least three games if he puts on, if he gets put on injured reserve, if they put him on the PUP list, that's, uh, six weeks, I believe. Um, but if Staley's already saying short term IR, then, um, that seems like a good call. And that gives Keeman Hall, like another, you know, a little bit of a runway to kind of, you know, stab himself. And then if Keeman Hall looks really good and then they don't need Ryan Smith and they can cut him later on. So, um, I think placing Smith on injured reserve makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. If Keeman Hall has a really, really good start to his season, who would you still, I mean, who would you cut, I guess, instead of Hall? Who would be the first casualty? Probably Tavon Campbell or Face on then. Okay. I'm just curious if it, would, but it wouldn't be like a Ogbong Bamiga, which I don't think it would, but I don't know how. No, I don't think they be. would carry seven corners. Like, I. Uh, Seven corners kind of seems a little redundant to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so does four running backs and three quarterbacks. But here we are. <laughs> Good point. Fair, fair. All right, guys, if you have any questions, please uh, let us know. Apparently, Gilbert only said Vizcaino once, and then the rest of it is Vizcaino. We really, someone just needs to tell us how to say it. Like, I'm just, if, I'm just going with whatever Romo says week two at the Cowboys game. There we go. <laughs> Tony Romo is the expert on linguistics and uh, phonetics, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But let's talk about some guys that we want to see return on the practice squad. Um, I think John Brandon is kind of the first one that mm-hmm. comes to mind for me. Um, I totally understand why they cut him. Um, you know, I, I think that that room is kind of a little crowded and they wanted a little bit more flexibility. Um, but I want to see John Brandon stick on the practice squad. I, I really believe that all those interceptions in uh, practice were not a coincidence. Um, so I think John Brand will be somebody that I would uh, start with the practice squad. So just to clarify, Hunter Camp Moyer is going to be the first charger on the practice squad that we know yeah. of as of now. That was yeah. uh, confirmed earlier today. Um, in terms of the guys that they cut, I mean, it really, it's just all the guys that, you know, we kind of liked that, you know, uh, could get to the practice squad. I could see Broughton getting back. Perhaps there, I mean, that would be nice if he was there just uh, for kind of security's sake. Um, Tyron Johnson, I, I doubt, is going to, you know, possibly be back on the practice squad, especially with what we know. Um, so, I mean, after that, I think it really just comes down to some of the guys that were close but didn't make the roster. Obviously, you'll have to have some offensive linemen. Um, so maybe that's where Ryan Hunter, Nate Gilliam comes in. Gilliam was, you know, on the practice squad for large portions of last season. Uh, so yeah. I think that that's always a possibility. Uh, you know, as far as some of the other guys, um, kind of brain farting right now in terms of who they <laughs> cut, uh, cause you know, it's all still there. I mean, Emeka Boule uh, is a guy that I'd like to see on the practice squad if he's not picked up, uh, reaffirms the edge depth. Uh, so I think those are kind of my guys, at least at the time being. Um, y'all have to have some receivers there, so it wouldn't shock me if a Jason Moore went there, maybe. Yeah. Um, potentially Joe Reed. Yeah, Joe Reed, maybe. Uh, if they want to see him work himself back to into shape, maybe just let him do that on the practice squad. Um, but that's sort of the guys that I think. And then, of course, we have Tyler's guy, uh, Ben DeLuca. <laughs> well, I think you took everybody, so I don't know who else I'm supposed to root for. Uh, Cole Christiansen. There you go. Uh, Darius I Bradwell. Thought, I thought Christiansen had like a mini chance to make the roster because yeah, he was, he was actually healthy. He was playing. He, he had plenty of tackles. He was kind of everywhere. Um, shoot, what was the question? Oh, oh, did where did the receivers coach from last year go? Does he, does he uh, not working right now? I think he's still unemployed, yeah. Okay, never mind, because I figured McJogan? that would be a guy who pick up. I think it's McGagan. Uh, no, uh, that's I don't think it, that's what they said on Hard Knocks. Oh, well, what do uh, we know? Everyone needs a, a simple name. Wait, is he? Um, I don't think he's coaching anywhere. I think he's just still. I don't think he ever got back into coaching. Um, the Raiders cut John Brown. That's an interesting one, but 
for a wide receiver five and six, you need special teams, you know, value. And I don't think that's John Brown. Um, yeah, their receiving course stinks, man. The Raiders, Ruggs, yeah. Renfro, Edwards, uh, like Hud Brown. There. Yeah, it was Aguilar. Like, uh, man. Oh, John Brown asked for his release. Okay. That makes oh. sense. Yeah, that makes Gus sense. Bradley, Gus Bradley is going to put in that phone call to uh, Tyron Johnson. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know who's going to the Chiefs or the Ravens or the Patriots or something, right? Like, he's going to yeah, go to a great AFC team and kill it. Yeah, like, that's that's the player to me that I'm worried about, like, going elsewhere and killing it. I'm yeah. Like Michael Badgley going somewhere else and killing it. Um, oh, I think there's a difference. You know, uh, Kevin Kurdick, if Smokey Brown, John Brown can't fit in Las Vegas, T-Billy ain't going there. I think that's more of Brown not really wanting to be a backup versus – uh like a skill set like i mean they have henry ruggs like you if you want some more speed you might as well get some tyron johnson and again when you have somebody like a darren waller who's going to eat over the middle you got to have speed to take off the top so we'll yeah. see i think if there's somebody that uh gus bradley would take it'd probably be like a brain fahoko or yeah maybe an mk eggboule because they need edge rusher help still was christensen on the roster last year yeah, but he was just mostly a special teams guy. Okay. And, you know, I when I did the training camp, you know, like my initial 53-man roster after the first weekend of, of practices, I put Christian Hansen in there because he was working with the first team special teams because I, mm-hmm. I yeah, you know, we right. hadn't seen enough of Eamon Ogmogamiga yet. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Saints don't have any receivers. Yeah, that's that would be a really good spot for Tyron Johnson because um, we know that Jameis is just going to chuck the ball down the field. So. That's another good fit. Everyone um, could use them. There's not a team out there that could not use Tyron. Everyone Johnson could use them except for the Chargers, apparently. Yeah. Um. Man, there were some weird receiver cuts today. My guys, all my sleepers from this draft all got <laughs> right? cuts. This is Patrick, um, except for Josh Palmer, obviously. Um, Des is Patrick, Cornell Powell, and Daz Newsom all got cut today. I understand why they cut Powell. That's not really their style of receiver um, in, in Kansas City, but the the Bears need receivers, so them cutting Daz Newsom just doesn't make any sense. And then the Titans traded like three picks to go get Des Fitzpatrick, and then they cut him. So those two didn't make any sense to me. What a bummer, man. I think that when we did our wide receiver episode, those were our two sleepers. I think you yeah. had Fitzpatrick, and I had Newsom, and they're both gone. So, yeah. I mean... Again, it'd be great to pick them up, sure, but I would rather just kept Tyron Johnson. So I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, like I guess if you like if you keep if you go get Daz Newsom, right, then your punt returner situation is solved because he was an explosive punt returner in college. I don't know if he did that for the Bears much, but at least in college, like he showed the skill set to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can do the same like in terms of like the slot stuff, like he can do all the same things that KJ Hill can, but he's just faster. So um Mina Kimes also suggested Tyron to the to the Saints. Yeah, that makes sense. Tyron to the Lions. Yeah, that would. Tyron and Tyrell killing it together. With Anthony <laughs> Lynn, huh? Yes, no doubt. Um, there's a quote that I saw that I wanted to go back to, and now I can't find it. Any idea what it's about? No, I like scrolled past it and I was like, oh, I'll go back there. And then I didn't see. And then I, I don't know. All right. We need some new questions then, guys. New yeah, send us some questions, guys. We'll be, we'll be on here for like 10 more minutes ish. Um, so if you have any questions, let us know. Don't forget super chat feature. <laughs> I would Detroit like to Chargers. say that Jalen Guyton deserves a little more credit than he's getting. I, yeah. I still do think he actually is wide receiver three. In terms of snaps, um, but we'll see. I know everyone kind of remembers him from last year. I personally wasn't a fan of him, uh, but I think he's improved. He's a big part of their offense, and I think people should try to move forward with how they view him rather than just look back at the past. Because I do think he's taken some steps forward. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it feels like um, Jalen Guyton did beat him out. Like it, it, it's not just him. You know, Tyron Johnson getting cut. I wanted them to keep both, obviously, but it does feel like uh, Jalen Guyton did beat him out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we had a, f- a few questions here. Scroll across the screen, Alex. Which one do you want to talk about first? <laughs> uh, I was talking about Todd asked which team will have more Chargers on their 2021 roster, the Lions or the Raiders? <laughs> well, the Raiders have Casey and Denzel Perryman and Rod Teamer. Mm-hmm. And, the and the Lions, Lions have, have Tyrell, Tyrell, right? Is that it? That's Do they the have only more? I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the Lions roster. This is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, while Alex is looking that up, we can talk about the Cam Newton thing. It was definitely surprising that they cut him after being, you know, the starter all year long. But I mean, it seems like the right decision. Like I, I think you know Mac Jones really fits their style again. You know, it, it seems like they really did kind of a 180 when they signed Cam Newton last year. Did a lot more power stuff, a lot more running stuff. But Mac Jones, I, I think, just gives them a more stable presence at the quarterback position. Plus, you know, Cam is not vaccinated. He's not going to get vaccinated. He's already had COVID last year, had a COVID uh, protocol breach this year. So uh, I totally understand Bill kind of not wanting to deal with that again and, and you know, sticking with a young guy who I assume is vaccinated at this point. Um, and I just think that Mac Jones is better for what they want to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mac Jones puts himself into kind of that rookie of the year contention. Um, yeah. You know, been a long history of tall, awkward white guys uh, coming in for <laughs> black quarterbacks with medical snafus, um, you know, winning rookie of the year. So, I mean, that's always a possibility. Um, as far as Cam Newton getting cut, I mean, you know, he had a kind of an incentive based deal, I believe. Right. So if he was yeah. on the roster and he start, if he played in a couple of games, I think he could have made up to like 14 million uh, versus if they cut him now, I think he's only guaranteed like 3.6. So I think that played into it probably uh, in terms of the cap and stuff like that. And with, with what they have now, uh, I think they did actually did cut Brian Hoyer, but they have Jared Stidham who's an okay backup anyway. So, sure. I mean, I don't know if you really need, too much more than that. Uh, obviously, they could scour the backup quarterback market and see what they find. With Mac Jones, there really is no ceiling to have to wait to cultivate. Just throw him out there. Like he was supposed to be, yeah. in theory, the most NFL ready quarterback because sure. he just was kind of at his ceiling. And so, yeah, throw him out there. Craig, I see your comment. I can't think of something good to say about KJ Hill. <laughs> that, was, that was the question. Thank you. That was the question. Yeah. Where'd it go? Where is it? Where'd it go? <laughs> Put it back. Uh, uh, it's KJ Hill. Uh, what is it? He has the most receptions in Ohio State history. Bam. Yeah, positive that's thing. really good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> My middle name has a J. He's KJ. That's really good too. Hills are good. You know, good his his last name his last name isn't starts with an H. My last name starts oh, with an H. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess um, we should talk about this as well. Uh, how is Pipkin still on the roster? I don't know why everybody kind of expected him to get cut. Like none of us think he should be on the roster to be clear. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. three of us think he should have gotten cut, but if you're going to keep well, nine offensive linemen, which is what Staley said, you keep two into your guys and you keep two tackles. So he, again, he's one of those players that kind of just won his battle by default. Um, it, it sucks. <laughs> but like when you have a, a, a tackle like Brian Bulaga, you need to have two tackles behind him. So until yeah. they find someone better, uh, Pipkins right. is what they have. Yeah, and I, and I also think like yeah, Pipkins being on the roster kind of sucks, but you know, the it's different than it was last year where he was kind of like the last line of defense if Brian Balaga went down. I think that they clearly at this point view Norton as a better option uh in that event. I think that they view uh, potentially Hymas there as a better option and then there's also the possibility of switching Filer there and putting Hymas in the interior um which is possible as well. So I don't think it's quite as bad uh, as it was last year because I think Pipkins is going to have a bit of a reduced role um, in that sense. Uh, as far as him not making the roster, I mean, I kept saying again and again, he's going to make the roster and everyone was like, no, he's not. And then he did. So they're going to keep nine if they find something better. You know, Steven was talking about Tyrell Crosby for like five hours yesterday. You know, so like uh, if Tyrell Crosby could be that guy if they want to pick somebody off of waivers. Um, but you know, Pipkins was always going to make the roster. I, I don't know what people were thinking. Hey, you said that I was going to have 25% of the show today to talk you about Tyler Crosby. If we recorded eight minutes, go for it. If we recorded it yesterday, we would have been five, 25% of the show. <laughs> 
No, I think Tyro Crosby, like, I fully expect him to sign elsewhere. I don't think he's going to waver. I, like, you know, Albert Breer mentioned something in his, like, Monday morning mailbag where it's like everybody in the league is feeling the lack of offensive line depth. Like, it's a problem everywhere. Every team has the same problem the Chargers do. So I do expect Tyro Crosby to uh, make a roster elsewhere. But he it just checks every box for what the Chargers need right now. Like, I think you have Tyrell Crosby be the swing tackle this year. He's clearly better than Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins. And you could sign him to a multi-year deal, too, because you have the kind of the uncertainty with Brian Balaga. If Brian Balaga stays healthy, great. You have a great swing tackle behind him. If Brian Balaga doesn't stay healthy and you move on next year, which I think is more likely, then you have Tyrell Crosby who can kind of be that bridge tackle for a year, too. So... I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it should. And I think Tyrell Crosby would be uh, would be an awesome upgrade. Amen, brother asks, <laughs> um, did COVID vaccination status play a role in any of these roster moves? Um, Somebody commented and said Tyron Johnson was considered a close contact and that there, he was on the COVID list for a bit. I don't recall, I don't recall what that, that was all about. I don't think that was the case. I mean, we we don't know if any of these guys are unvaccinated or vaccinated other than the people that have told us, right? Like Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it could have. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I did say on one podcast that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if vaccination status determines wide receiver five versus wide receiver six. And, you know, if you're doing something like that. Um, but, you know, I have no idea if he's vaccinated, so I'm not going to speak yeah. on that. It's going to be interesting. I know Sean McVay was pretty open about he i think he said that 52 of their 53 are vaccinated i'd be curious to hear what the chargers numbers are now because i know like you know it, it was pretty low there for a while so i would be curious to hear an update there um, i think sean payton is still pissed at more pissed at michael thomas than any of the unvaccinated players combined <laughs> <laughs> true uh this is an interesting question from sergeant romano does today make you a little more nervous heading into the regular season and I'm going to say no. I know it's been kind of a, a negative day on Twitter, and I certainly do not like the Tyron Johnson move. But overall, like I think there's kind of been a lot of negativity, negativity recently because we haven't seen the starting groups play very much at all. And so like that's really the biggest thing right now for me. For the most part, this team is really trending in a positive direction because the starters are healthy. Like this is going to be the first time in a very long time that we don't have any major injuries for week one. And so while today was not necessarily great in terms of like the roster construction, there were definitely some questionable moves. I don't think it really changes how I feel about this team heading into the season. I'm so proud of you guys on Twitter for being negative today. You really embraced <laughs> your inner, you've embraced your inner Alex. So I'm proud of you. Um, as far as does it make me nervous? Um Yes, in terms of depth a little bit, right? When you talk about wide receiver, and we I just specifically mentioned you know, Mike Williams injuries, uh, Keenan Allen's had to miss a few games here and there, especially last year. Um, you know, it, it makes you a little bit nervous, but I'm not, you know, losing sleep over it, I guess. Um, so, you know, the depth in certain areas of the roster, I think could have been better if you decided not to keep four running backs and if you decided not to keep you know, three quarterbacks. Um, but other than that, there's not like a specific player that got cut today that makes me nervous heading into the regular season now. It's kind of the same for me. I It's all about the starters. You know, it, there's nobody that, that's the depth in this roster outside of maybe like Hymas and potentially Questenberry, you know, that are really going to contribute. Otherwise, like, a, if, well, in terms of starting, it's the starters are bust. And if the starters are healthy, I feel great about this team. Right. It's just... Week eight, week nine, week sixteen, week seventeen, week eighteen. That's when you're gonna have to. I'm gonna start worrying about uh, the depth yeah. of the team. Although knowing the Chargers, I'm sure by week four we'll be regretting the depth of this team. <laughs> right. And I just want to, you know, also like I've seen a lot of comments specifically about like backup quarterbacks. Like if Justin Herbert goes down, this team is done. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course, you know, there's no backup quarterback that would make you feel comfortable with that happening. Like. There's yeah. no backup wide receiver that makes you comfortable with Keenan Allen going down or like any possibility, right? Derwin James. Um, so like, you know, I, I do think like Tyler says, it's based on uh, if the starters play and a lot of stuff like that and how many games they can play specifically. 
Oh, someone said that they'd rather have Cam Newton as the backup. That's a hard pass for me. Uh, don't really think that's a, a fit for the culture. I don't think there's any. The roster, there's no yeah. no difference between him and Daniel at this point. <laughs> Do you think any bad guys were uncovered, as Staley said in the episode of All In? What, yeah, so, what they, so Staley, Staley said something along the lines of, you know, we want these high character guys and great guys, whatever. But if we find out that you're a like some sort of bad guy or whatever, you're not committed to what we're doing. Oh, that's or right. Something like that. Then we're gonna we're gonna find you because not like not like some like crazy you know Spanish Inquisition thing or anything. It's just <laughs> it'll you know it'll come about. Like if you're a bad guy, you're a bad teammate. It's gonna come out. So it's an interesting thought considering Tyron Johnson. But again, I don't really buy that the whole Tyron Johnson right. thing. He's the guy who went into Anthony Lynn's office and said, "Please play me, activate me on this roster." I want to yeah. get better. He did get better the entire year last year, and suddenly he's a bad guy. I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of the same thing as the COVID vaccination thing. Like, yeah, that could be it, but until we know more, um, I, I don't know if I have a lot of room to speculate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really comfortable making conversation about somebody's character when we don't know them. Um, somebody did ask about kick returners. That's going to be Nasir Adderley and Larry Roundtree. Um, from what we've seen and heard so far, I think Roundtree kind of is the one who's going to do it the most. And I think Nasir Adderley is going to be used here and there. Because obviously I think they want to kind of uh, preserve him for playing defense. Um, this is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Roke or Roke wants to know, knowing what happened today with Tyron Johnson and assuming Mike Williams leaves next year, how confident are you guys with Josh Palmer as wide receiver two next year? I think this is obviously an important question, uh, given Mike Williams, you know, contract future and, and, you know, really his health is always a question mark. So Tyler, we'll start with you here. Uh, what do you make of Josh Palmer as wide receiver two next year? If he is the wide receiver two next year, I feel I, I feel good because I, I do like him as a receiver and he's been outstanding. But then it's like you kind of have two possession guys and like, come on, we need somebody for Herbert here to throw it down the field. I think you can't really do that with Allen or Palmer ever, but you kind of need somebody else. And I'm assuming this also means that Williams is gone. To me, with them losing Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton not being anything like Mike Williams – Maybe they really do want to bring back Mike Williams the next year, and they are certainly leaving the door open by moving on from Johnson. Now the options behind the starting four is KJ, or, you know, KJ Hill, and he's not replacing Mike Williams, and Jalen Guyton isn't replacing Mike Williams. Not that Tyron Johnson ever had Mike Williams' skill set, but he at least was a downfield threat, and he had some athletic upside, which someone like KJ Hill doesn't. So to me, this just increases the chances of Mike Williams coming back. They really like him. They think he's going to have a really, really big year. So, you know, maybe they really maybe they really do think that Mike Williams is going to be and have a really, really good season and that they're actually planning on bringing him back. So, I mean, what I feel about him being wide receiver two next year kind of depends on what he does this year. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I kind of sure. need to see what he's going to do. Um, I obviously buy everything we've seen in training camp so far, everything we've seen in the preseason. Uh, I think he's looked really impressive pretty much every game. Uh, so I definitely think he is getting better. Um, but so, you know, uh, kind of a TBD for me, as far as, is it less likely or more likely that Mike Williams stays? I don't really think Tyron affected it because I believe Tyron was a restricted free agent next year anyway. Right. Um, yeah. and also, uh, uh, Guyton is too, I believe. Right. So, you know, you have Guyton, uh, Johnson is out of the picture, but you have Guyton and Mike Williams who are going to be free agents next year. So, I mean, you're going to see who's going to kind of stay where. So, um, you know, I don't think it really makes anything more or less likely, but in general, I feel cautiously optimistic about Josh Palmer potentially being wide receiver too. Yeah. I, I think in terms of like the roster construction, you can definitely make it work, you know, with Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer as your one and your two uh, in this scenario, if Michael Williams, it really does leave then Jalen Guyton has to come back. Like Guyton has to be the wide receiver three again next year. Uh, And then they'll have to find a wide receiver four that can actually run fast and replace Tyron Johnson. So um, yeah, in in terms of Joe Reed, it's, it really sucks. Like we, we just didn't really get to see him have a fair shake. Uh, That's another one I, I hope is able to come back on the practice squad. But you know, when you're somebody on the bubble and you get hurt that early in training camp, like it just, you know, it, it sucks. But once he was in that walking boot, that was 
that was all she wrote, unfortunately. They did Trey Pipkin's dirty with a picture of him. Uh, it's like it looks like this. That's his past set where he's kind of like <laughs> with his arms out wide like this. <laughs> so, I'm sure he's mid something important, but it's like we. It's just yeah. so. They did him dirty with that one. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as Joe Reed, I think that it, it really just came down to health. Um, I think if he was healthy, we might have seen him as a wide receiver six this year. Like, I think that's very possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of played into the decision not to keep six receivers. Um, so, you know, uh, it's unfortunate because now he's in a walking boot. Don't know when he's going to, you know, be healthy. Um, but that's one of the ways that I think you can kind of work him back is the practice squad. You can just keep him there. You know, uh, no one's really going to be in danger of like taking him off the practice squad because, you know, he is injured. So you can just kind of keep him there and rest him until he's okay. Um, I don't really know if he's in future plans or or not at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I I would like to say see him come back on the practice squad, but we'll see. I think they have to wait 48 hours to make waiver claims and put people on the practice squad. So we'll talk about that. Uh, probably on our Sunday episode, but um, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a lot of fun, even though we we kind of ranted a little bit about the certain roster decisions. Um, we're going to have a fun interview interview for you guys uh, that Alex and I are going to do here in a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that one. And then we're going to announce a little bit of a schedule change for the season and kind of go back to what we were doing last year. So uh, we'll keep everybody posted there. But Tyler... Alex, any final thoughts before we head out today? Nope. You know, I actually, uh, I actually prepared a whole uh, like, oh guys, this is the initial roster. You know, Tyron Johnson was on the practice squad last year, and then he played for the team, and then Braden Fajoko. You know, I was gonna do that whole thing, uh, but then Tyron Johnson got cut and screwed my whole speech I was gonna give. So, you know, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I will not apologize to Dan Fouts because I still think he's bad at what he does. I just yes. think he was told something and repeated it. I don't think he was right or wrong. He just happened Wait, what to say Dan something on the on the broadcast. Oh, you you were watching the other broadcast, huh? On yeah, the local broadcast, he was like, "Yeah, we talked to Brandon Staley, and he said that Tyron Johnson was on the roster bubble." So, oh, now, okay, okay, okay. I still think Dan Fouts doesn't know shit like about what's happening on the team. Like he just happened mm-hmm. to get something out of Staley that day. Um, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and this is the Guilty as Charged podcast signing off. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.